Hello and welcome. This is the Insight is Capital podcast. I'm Pierre Daly, Managing Editor at AdvisorAnalyst.com. My special guest is Lisa Langley, CEO of Emerge Canada, Inc., sponsor of the thematic and disruptive Emerge ARC ETFs, sub-advised by ARC Investments. This is the Insight is Capital podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the individual guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of AdvisorAnalyst.com or of our guests. This broadcast is meant to be for informational purposes only. Nothing discussed in this broadcast is intended to be considered as advice. Lisa Lake Langley, welcome to the show. It's really great to have you. Thank you, Pierre. It's very nice to be here. So, Lisa, before we get to talking, congratulations on winning the industry's CEO of the Year Award and also on being nominated ETF Champion of the Year. And last but not least, having the high distinction of being Canada's first female fund company owner as well. Wow. <laughs> What's that like? Thank you. Well, I have to say that I didn't know I had that distinction. And I'm quite honored you know, that my team worked so hard that we were able to get some recognition in our second year of existence, uh, I would say that that's a very difficult thing to do, and it's uh, truly is a, a team uh, a team victory. And so I'm so inspired uh, by that recognition for them. Uh, as far as being the only and the first uh, female fund company owner in Canada, uh, I am just absolutely thrilled that there is one now. I will tell you honestly and truly, I didn't know that I was the first, and I didn't know that I was the only. Uh, and so uh, I think it speaks to some of the challenges of setting up a company, uh, some of the obstacles. Uh, you have to have capital, you have to have, chops, <laughs> yeah. you have to have uh, a business vision and a whole bunch of things. And uh, I think we, we should work together uh, and, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, next year will provide, as we really recover from the pandemic, some opportunities to help other women Absolutely. explore that and really understand that it's achievable because it is achievable. Uh, I just think it looks like an insurmountable wall, perhaps, and uh, it's definitely achievable. And I hope that there are others. You know, I hope there yeah, are well, others to follow. You know, right on, and uh, keep on, keep on doing what you're doing because it's amazing. Uh, I think women. Uh, watching this, I hope they're inspired by you uh, to to get into this business because this business definitely needs more women. Without a doubt, you know, I think we need, anyone needs uh, a business need, right? If you're solving for an unmet business need, uh, then you have an opportunity. And there was a hole, we saw a hole, uh, and I still think it's there. I think it's there, you know, we see other holes. Uh, and so I think if you're, you're truly meeting a business need and you're doing something truly different with added value and you can communicate that, then you have a real, you have a real shot at, at helping others build their business by also identifying with that. So, um, you know, I believe a lot in, in our purpose and our, and our mission. Uh, the fact that, you know, it's led and, you know, majority owned by a woman, uh, yeah, we were just doing what we needed to needed to do to make to make ETFs in Canada, uh, and I'm just so so thrilled. I love the Canadian marketplace. It, it's fantastic to to be back and running a firm uh, in Toronto, and 
you know, we abs absolutely love what we're doing. And so we're very right. uh, energized by, by the mission. And, I you know, it's a, it's a different community. It's uh, the U.S., it's much more dispersed. You know, uh, you still have to have a very finite mission. I always believe that working small is usually your greatest strength. Uh, and in Canada, there, it's a, a fast, innovative marketplace, and you really need to be crisp. Uh, so I think we're we're headed in a good direction, and certainly have much more uh, shoulder to the wheel. Uh, yeah. But I think we can do it. Lots of work to be done, um, Lisa. To kick things off, let's start by talking about your career. Um, tell us about the arc of your career. When and where did you start? Where did you go from there? Tell us everything. Oh, that's a that's a big that's a big question. <laughs> uh, well. I was very fortunate uh, to have uh, a very business-minded father. I know many people in the industry are, and there's lots of uh, family teams. So uh, in great spirit and great recognition, uh, my father was a, a very good advisor. Uh, he was an investment advisor. And so I grew up with clients at the kitchen table, clients at the dinner table. And so supporting advisors and being in the investment industry is something I really have, I feel like I've been in all right. of my life. Uh, and so that uh, has given me tremendous love of industry. Uh, and I think if you have love of industry, a lot of great things can come from that. Uh, and then my mother also was in business. And so I've had some fantastic mentors in my life that just said, the only limitations we have are those that we give ourselves. And as long as we pursue what we believe we have our best, how we can best apply our skills, then then it's really, you know, all you really need behind that is courage and belief in yourself and, and attracting, you know, those other people to work with you. So uh, I've been very fortunate at that early and, you know, uh, they inspired, you know, a strong, you know, educational uh, philosophy as well, which is critically important. And I'll give great kudos uh, to uh, Canada's uh, Kellogg Schulich Executive MBA program. Uh, I uh, did completed that. I had started my MBA early in my career and uh, children and, and uh, other things kind of took away from me finishing that uh, to my great blessing, you know, no regrets. Uh, and then an opportunity uh, to pursue that later in my career. So um, early career, a mutual fund company in the U.S. and then a later career, had an opportunity to come to Canada. Uh, I married a, a Canadian uh, and then had a wonderful opportunity to learn the banking system. And so one of the main banks in Canada, I uh, rose through the, through the ranks uh, over a decade and then w went to work for an independent firm where we established a separately managed accounts company uh, that really uh, flourished uh, very quickly because it was the first of its kind, right. an independent uh, platform provider. And then you know, uh, really had a, a fantastic opportunity to work uh, at the IDA then, IROC now, uh, worked out a non-compete clause there, uh, and they created a wonderful opportunity for me to complete my executive uh, MBA wonderful. at Kellogg Schulich, uh, which was a wonderful global uh, learning. And throughout that, I was recruited to work in Scotland uh, for a period of time and had a great opportunity to learn more about the global financial services landscape and really get my hands dirty in the UK and Hong Kong and things like that. So uh, that was a great experience. And then I had an opportunity to come back and, and join a wonderful investment manager uh, in New York that had 
very, very special uh, opportunity and uh, had an opportunity to actually own a, a portion of that firm and then use that as my launch off for Emerge. So Emerge started in the U.S. Right. January 2016. Uh, and, you know, I had owned little pieces of this and shares of that and had incentives here and there. And finally, you know, I guess at age 52 at that time, uh, I said, geez, I'd rather really just like to see if I can take it all the way. Uh, and so we've started very humbly um, in uh, January of 2016. My children helped us move our kitchen furniture uh, into uh, the Emerge premises and said, why are we taking our furniture into the office? I said, so we will have somewhere to sit. Uh, and so we start, started very humbly and have just worked ever so uh, hard, but made smart moves and uh, been, was very blessed in 2018 to take on a great partner. Uh, but very early in 2016, uh, so I had my first client jumped off with my first client uh, to start Emerge. And my second client came mm -hmm. very quickly, and that was Kathy Wood of ARC. Uh, I had been, you know, known Kathy before, and actually she was one of the inspirations because if I knew I went independently, I could perhaps help ARC with distribution and some of the things that they were working on in the U.S. Uh, so that started a, a long, you know, relationship, a mentorship, business relationship uh, that has just brought tremendous learning to myself and, and to my team. And uh, just seeing her incredible uh, courage and stamina. Uh, against all types of things. You know, this industry can be uh, exciting when you do something fantastic. It can also be punishing when you do something different. Uh, it can, you know, look at the situation she has now, right? Uh, one of the most famous investors in the world. And, you know, some people are just trying to get in her social <laughs> media feed by taking big hedge positions. <laughs> it's like, you know. Uh, so I was very, very, you know, and continue to be, you know, absolutely, uh, how can I put it, in admiration of, you know, her courage and leadership and, and ability to strike out against the tide. And I think that's something that, you know, you know, I take to heart all the time. Uh, you have to really first believe in exactly what you're doing. And as long as you can speak your truth, then you have a very, very strong shot of being able to just, you know, create a company over there in that corner. Uh, because you believe and you have the will to see it through. Uh, been blessed with great clients and great, you know, partners. And, uh, you know, we're planning on taking it all the way. You know, uh, we're going to ring a bell. You know, maybe we'll do it on both sides of the yep. border. But uh, I hope that Emerge, you know, sees that dream. Wonderful. Um, so you've got quite a, uh, as a globetrotting executive, you've got quite a worldview of financial markets, uh, Canada, the U.S., the uh, UK and I'm guessing Europe as well, having been that way. And, um, and then, and then from there, you came back to Western New York, uh, Buffalo of all places. So I'm curious why Buffalo, um, you know, it, is that, is that because of the proximity to Canada or was that, was. You know, it's really turned out to, to be just the most perfect location, uh, for a variety of things. Uh, the money manager that I mentioned uh, that hired me uh, actually to be the partner and, and COO actually was Stan okay. Hill Investment Management here in Buffalo, New York. Uh, at that time, and I don't mind telling this story because 
um, I had uh, several good friends and mentors in senior institutions uh, and other organizations call me and say, come on, you've got to be kidding me. Buffalo, New York, you're going to kill your career. You know, you can't do that. You know, you can't work there. You can't live there. You know, like, what are you yeah. doing? You know, why are you doing it? You know, that thing. Uh, and I have to uh, really give uh, Santos so much credit because Edwin M. Johnston III, who's the founder of that organization, uh, who and my first client said, um, for God's sakes, if Warren Buffett can do it in Omaha, Nebraska, I can do it here in Buffalo, New York. Uh, and he, you know, at Boston College and Yale and worked in New York City and had worked in London and have a, a, a very global background as well. And I said, well, for God's sakes, if he, if he can do it, you know, and I'll, I'll follow him and, and learn from him here. And then I saw the opportunity for really the same thing. Uh, fantastic location, Absolutely. low cost of living, yeah. an hour and a half from Toronto. Uh, Pre-pandemic, there was a great airline called Flight GTA, so it takes <laughs> me 12 minutes to get over the lake. I hope they come back into, into business. And I'm 45 minutes from New York City on JetBlue. Uh, so I just found that it really enabled me to get around very quickly, very easily, very cost-effectively have a very cost-efficient head office, which is where I am right now. We've been here through the entire pandemic. Uh, and I'm so close to uh, Canada. And when, you know, just last week I was in Toronto and then next week I'll be in Toronto. So it's very easy for me uh, to move back and forth and uh, see the businesses grow on both sides of the border. So um, I have to say it's really an ideal location. <laughs> and and any of the misgivings that you've ever heard are not true. <laughs> I didn't know it. But I love it. I, I lo hey, you know what? I, I uh, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, you know, it just it makes total sense to, uh, especially when you're starting a business from scratch, as you did when you came. I mean, maybe not completely from scratch because you had relationships, obviously, that you could you could lean on, um, but. From scratch, you know, as you mentioned yes. at the beginning, uh, you you brought your kitchen furniture into the office so that you had somewhere to sit to start. But it, I, I, you know, it's a wonderful, what a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful beginning and a great story. Um, just proves that that you know, and especially in the world today, we can actually work from anywhere. This is very realistically. I mean, we have that opportunity now with the internet. Very, right? This is very true. Very yeah. true. Even more so than when, than when you yes, began. This is so true. Yeah. I mean, I know what's that being six, seven years and, and, and I mean, you've been in the business a lot, lot longer than that, but, uh, six years ago or seven years ago, even the capabilities were, were not as they are today. So it's even in that respect, it's probably even easier than people realize to, to work That's from, true. from any location, including Buffalo. That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. So, um. Now, just on background, your business in Buffalo, Emerge Capital Management, which is your U.S. arm, what do you do there? We have a separate accounts platform here, and we distribute uh, separate accounts for ARK Invest. We distribute separate accounts for Santil. And we've created the first program in the U.S. Uh, that only exists of women portfolio managers. It's called Empower. Uh, we have it both for public equities and we also have it for private equity strategies. Uh, and we market empowered to pension plans and foundations and endowments and institutions. It's the first of its kind. 
Uh, and it's been um, some of the issues around diversity uh, do exist on both sides of the border. I would say certainly some of them in the U.S. are more extreme. Uh, and Empower, less than 10% of the assets managed in North America are managed by women portfolio managers because we do all these inconvenient things, right? We take mat leaves, uh, <laughs> manage family needs and, you know, have children, et cetera. So uh, one of the, it's hard enough to become a portfolio manager, uh, but some of the legislation that exists in the U.S., actually requires uh, that minority or woman share, you know, uh, portfolio manager to also be the controlling stakeholder in a company. That's a really tough bar to achieve. So we've created a program that wants everyone to have just even a share, just some skin in the game uh, and be a portfolio manager. So we don't require anyone to be the controlling shareholder, though in the case of the Empower program, we're blessed and fortunate that they are. It's also everything is ESG. So we very much believe in the principles of responsible investing. And we're working very hard uh, to support that premise. Uh, and so the Empower Managers, we have the infrastructure here to support them. And uh, we're, we're off and running. No one's done it before. Uh, we're in lots of conversations. We have a few accounts, not many. Uh, it's a bit of a, of a scratch out. But I believe we're doing the right thing at the right time. Mm -hmm. uh, we originally had some people respond back to us and say things like, can you do that? Is that, is that legal? You know, and <laughs> for some reason I started speaking in a hushed tone too. And I responded back, I, I think so, you know, <laughs> and so we're, we're doing it. Uh, we're kind of going against the wave, uh, but we are getting some attention for it now. And I'm so glad to draw attention to, you know, I'm 58 years old. This definitely is my last kick of the can. Uh, and I really want to see this be a sustainable wealth management organization focused on diversity and excellence. I, you know, you can be a Martian, but you can manage money. I want to talk to you, right? And if you have the bravery to hang out your own shingle and try to do that or do that with another group of people, I want to talk to you. And so uh, we're starting actually today. Perfect example. Mm -hmm. uh, woman portfolio manager in Israel. Uh, running very interesting fintech strategy, uh, reached out to me. Uh, so we'll be uh, meeting with her company next week. So just fascinating how the word of this is starting to spread. And we want to make a difference. And we hope that by uh, giving some support and recognition, it's very tough to run your own portfolio, run your own company. And then you have all the compliance and regulation and all the things around that and then sell too, right? So we can help lift their brand and then give them distribution support and really give a, give a cause to it. Uh, so uh, please, please uh, <laughs> pray for us because <laughs> we're really trying to carve out yeah. some new ground. No one's really done that before. It's so. bold. It's, it's, uh, I got to hand it to you. It's very bold. But, but what's nice about the boldness of what you're doing is that, is that you're inspiring women to be bold, to make bold moves as well. And, as you've described you it, but I love how the, uh, the culture of disruption sort of permeates your business. It's, uh, it's really, uh, it's, it's really amazing. I, I'm just wondering, do you sleep? <laughs> oh, I both, I most de definitely do. I'm exhausted at the end of the day and then I'm just, I'm out and I sleep like a rock. Uh, so I'm very blessed to have a good ability to sleep. So, but, uh, we're, we're good. Yeah. We're good.
inspired by ideas, right? Sometimes we like to say we're the victim of our own good ideas. Uh, but there's so many good ideas now. The team, you know, has other things they want to do. Uh, we're working on making Empower ETFs right now in the U.S. So that's uh, currently, you know, something we're uh, working our way on. And those ETFs will come on the other side of the border. So uh, we look forward to bringing those to Canada as well. So I've ha I have an old saying that I, that I sort of lived by, which was, whatever you fear, it will find you. And, and, uh, so <laughs> I like that, I like that. um, so, you know, the, the follow-up to that is, is so why not fear great things? Why not fear success and let it find you? Um, I, if you're going to fear something, let it be, let it be, let it be success. And, um, you know, people very seldomly think about, about the, uh, you know, the, commitment or the cost of success, the, the things that come with being successful and the responsibility and the time and the, the time that's required, the energy that's required to maintain it. And, and, uh, you know, I think most people fear failure and few people, you know, minority of people actually fear success. So, um, so it was through your work, uh, I want to just segue a little bit. It was through your work that you became acquainted with and got to know well and became friends with, uh, Kathy Wood and eventually ARC ETFs. Mm -hmm. Um, how did you two meet? How, what was the, uh, you know, what was the original meeting? Yeah. Uh, it was in 2015, we were attending a nonprofit event in New York city and we wound up sitting next to each other. Uh, and. It was just one of those synchronicity, you know, events where we were speaking about the industry and she was telling me about her challenges and she had just launched ETFs. And uh, I think it was, it was in the winter of 2015, it was early 2015. And uh, we just, you know, found a kinship in, you know, what she was trying to do. And uh, we continued speaking after that and met several times after that and kept talking and I, you know, a year later-ish, you know, something like that, maybe a year and a half later, uh, started Emerge. And, you know, the whole time was was speaking with her. And then I think we signed in May of 2016. You know, at that time, ARC had $235 million under management. You know, now they have That's $80 well. million, right? Uh, I, I was just uh, actually speaking to an advisor uh, there's a, <laughs> a branch in Illinois, I won't say what firm, uh, but Kathy and I back in the day, uh, used to drive around and do branch presentations and train plane, car, whatever was required, uh, and go and, you know, tell the story because in the early days, 2000, oh, the good old days, <laughs> 17, 18, you know, people thought that disruptive innovation was like going to the casino and laying your money down. You know, and advisors would say, well, I'm going to have to think about what clients have a risk profile like that. And they would just really have to, like, sit back and think who their real gamblers were. And, you know, we, you know, at the end of the day, you know, travel, travel a million miles forward. It's really it's they have tremendous asset quality. They're just investing in the opportunity of the future with unbelievable research. So she made this bet that she could construct a research model 
and invested millions upon millions in that. And I saw that and got to know that and spent so much time at ARC talking to the analysts, traveling with the analysts, traveling with Kathy, listening to this a woman share her vision for the future and how they worked and just being so generous with her comments and ideas and pricing models and valuation theories. It, it, I mean, every single, you know, I would walk away from every meeting and every interaction and say, I just pray to God I'm more like that woman when I wake up tomorrow morning. And, you know, it just spurred me on, you know, to uh, try to do something that would someday also be of such great merit. And, but what her vision uh, became with the talent of her team, her team is extraordinary. And truly, they do have world-class research. And if everyone would understand that, sometimes they think that disruptive innovation it's like, oh, you're up there flying around in the Jetsons, you're investing in stocks that aren't profitable yet, and, you know, you don't care about quarterly earnings estimates, and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. The truth of the matter is, is that, you know, they understand all of that, and, you know, they understand the bigger picture, right? And they're yeah. not interested about one snippet of a quarter of time. They're looking at five and ten years. So, anyway, it was it was a tremendous opportunity. Um you couldn't help but be inspired by her, her brilliance and her bravery. Uh, and, you know, then the team around her, you know, just absolutely incredible and uh, was just uh, something that, you know, we were just totally honored, you know, to be able to support and very blessed for the learning, you know, really incredible. I'm sure it cut both ways as well. I'm sure she was inspired equally by, by your drive. And, and there you were, Thelma and Louise, going all over the country. <laughs> well, that's a very interesting. I should tell her that I'll go tell her that you said that up here. If uh, she enjoyed her conversation that she had with you in Inflated yeah. ETFs in Montreal. Uh, and uh, yeah, she very much uh, believes that if you're determined, you will, you will find a way. And if you just totally remove and don't let those natural obstacles be your obstacles, you know, like you said. You know, there's other things, you know, to worry about at, at a much uh, higher level. But uh, Well, I say that, I mean, I say that sort of knowing that, that, you know, the, knowing a little bit of the early story, her early story, which was that she had tried in vain to get Alliance Bernstein to, can you imagine? to uh, get on board and they must be, you know, I just, I, I wonder what the, I wonder what the backroom conversation is with this, you know, with the, uh, the company's executives, you know, kicking themselves that uh that's so know, true so i didn't finish own... that, co that comment yeah yeah so, go on. you know to your <laughs> to your point so we're in a car and i'd been trying to get into this top producing branch and i'd been trying to get in there and trying to get in there and i'm on my yeah. cell phone and i keep saying you don't understand and this is now we're like 2018 i'm like you don't understand i have kathy wood in the car with me like, can we just come in for like 15 minutes you know <laughs> Can we just like have coffee with you? Can we just like have water? You know, can we just stand and, you know, talk to you for like, we're too busy. Uh, you know, too much is going on here. You need to get on the proper schedule You know, all this kind of stuff. So anyway, we, yeah. we kind of joke about it now with those advisors who are just like, who are still apologizing. Yeah. Oh my God. Years yeah. later, you know, they're just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. But. So, so from there, you eventually um, 
you came to the realization, how did that happen? You came to the realization, right. you know, I gotta, I, I gotta bring this to Canada. That's my first question. My next question is, 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 uh, we'll get to it is why, but so you came to the, uh, the inspiration and the drive to bring ARC to Canada and package it as a Canadian ETF, as a group of Canadian ETFs. Um, how did you, what, what inspired you to do that? I mean, aside from, from, I think what you said is pretty obvious. Um, what made you wake up one day and, and, and realize I got to do this? Well, I had really wanted to bring Emerge to Canada. So that was something that was kind of percolating about how to do it and what would be, you know, the, the launch off point for that and when would we do it? And so there was a lot of talk uh, about when we would do that. Um, Emerge was only two years old, but what I was seeing with ARC was worldwide adoption and this unbelievable appetite for the learning, the learning of the exposure, the research. And then I saw other partners of ARC kind of sticking up their hands saying, well, I'll take Asia, I'll take, you know, Australia, I'll take New Zealand, you know, kind of thing. And I just went, holy Christmas trees, right? Uh, you know, here I am a Canadian and, you know, how could I possibly let that opportunity pass me by? So I, you know, stuck on my hand. Right. And then I said, you know, we would love to make the Emerge Arc ETFs in Canada. And, you know, after some discussions, uh, Kathy and team said yes. And so uh, we embarked on an exclusive opportunity uh, to make to make those. And so they became our sub-advisor. And, uh, you know, I'm just ever so thankful. You know, it was a real at that time. I thought, well, you know, maybe they'll say no. Maybe, <laughs> but maybe they'll say yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I'm guessing, I'm, I'm guessing that was a, that was an easy thing to yeah. do. <laughs> get the, get right? the yes or I mean, what? No. no to do, to, I, just to launch a fun company in Canada and get that off the ground. That was pretty easy, right? right? Well, I think you, <laughs> you know the answer to that, right? Uh, so yeah. it's very, very interesting. And it was, uh, you know, always more than you think it is and always involves more uh, heavy lifting. Great, you know, partners in Canada. Uh, Desmond Alvarez is a partner and our uh, head of operations and CFO. And to right. just a real, you know, it was a, a passion. But we did it and uh, we did it in an unusual way. We did something that a lot of other companies don't do, you know, and that is we launched five ETFs all at once. Uh, and I must say, I did have some feedback along the way. I uh, saying, are you sure you really need to do five at once? You know, why don't you start with two? How about three, right? Uh, but once you get to understand ARC's uh, following of the general purpose technology platforms, right. it would be like leaving a child, you know, at home. Uh, and so you needed to start with all, all five so that you had your basis covered. Uh, and then more recently in April, we added in space exploration, but, uh, right. Yeah. We spoke to, uh, I spoke to Sam Chorus right. and you, and we, yeah. we, we had, we spoke earlier this year about that. That's, right. that's an amazing, uh, development as well. Um, so go big or go home. Yeah. Basically you can't, you can't leave any of the children behind <laughs> and, uh, you launched five ETFs all at once. And, and so, so that, which brings me to the question now. Um, and I'm sure it's a question that, that you get asked a lot by advisors, Canadian advisors in particular, which is, um, I can just buy the, you know, ARKK directly from the, uh, New York stock exchange. 
why, why would I buy EARK instead of that? What's the, what's the story on that? Well, as a Canadian resident, you're going to miss out on any of the inherent tax advantages of participating in a Canadian listed ETF. Okay. And, you know, there very much is a bit of a regulatory loophole existing in Canada right now where, uh, apparently us listed ETFs are not to be sold, but can be purchased. Right. So yes, you're quite right. You okay. can go on your discount brokerage account and you can type in those tickers and, and you can buy those uh, for yourself. And in our virtual world where we can all work virtually, uh, the border just kind of evaporates away and U.S. mutual fund companies, ETF companies are easily able to invite anybody who pings their website to participate in webinars and to learn more about their U.S. listed ETFs. So there's a, and that's an impossible thing for any regulatory organization to track. But what I think is missing is the understanding that, you know, the, you, the growth rate of U.S. listed ETFs is exponential. Yeah. Okay. And it's already creating a, uh, it's thwarting the natural development of the Canadian uh, ETF industry. So Interesting. Uh, I've done done my most, you know, and not yet, okay, but I'm doing more uh, to try to enhance the learning about this particular issue. Uh, there are active recommendations of, of purchasing U.S. listed ETFs. I think that at, at the most or at the least, every investor should have to sign some acknowledgement that they understand what those tax implications are and that they, they are aware of, of what that means to them. Uh, so, yeah. you know, we all abide by the Canadian regulations. We do our very best. We pay our fees. We, you know, submit and file our reports and we follow all the rules. Uh, and uh, U.S. Le listed ETFs are just kind of invisibly floating across the border and they aren't doing yeah. any of those things. And they aren't subject to any of the same requirements. Uh, so, you know, I don't mind competition. I welcome it on the street standing next to me, okay? Uh, but I don't like it when it's not really fair play. And so I do think we have some issues there. We ran up against it in some unusual ways. Uh, firms saying, you know, when we were going to get approved so that we could offer our ETFs as solutions in different Canadian firms. And they said, well, okay, great. How do you compete against X and Y and Z? And so we had answers for that and how we were different, et cetera. And then they said, okay, well, here's 10 U.S. listed ETFs. How do you compete against these? It was like, excuse me? Uh, and so, I mean, it's so commonplace. It's so much of what is happening. Uh, every major Canadian dealer who is issuing an ETF uh, research report uh, is doing one for Canadian listed ETFs and U.S. listed ETFs. So for this thing that isn't supposed to be sold but can be purchased, uh, it's getting a lot more promotion than is being recognized. Uh, and so yeah. work needs to be done. Uh, and, you know, the voices are starting to uh, rise. You see great firms like McKenzie with commercials uh, about buying Canadian ETFs. Uh, we're running our own campaign called Think Canadian, Think Canadian ETFs. Very, very important because individual at-home purchasers 
you know, the Reddit users, you know, a lot of, of individual investors just are completely unaware. And to be very honest, we've hosted webinars, had tax experts, we've prepared presentations, and we have been, we've had numerous, numerous questions from Canadian advisors about these issues. Uh, so it's really little understood. Yeah, uh, Canadian dealers are just grappling with it. I, I, it's, it's, uh, you know, I just realized it's probably something that we should get behind as well. And, uh, well, I would appreciate yeah. that. I have a lot more information I can share with you on this topic because it's really unbelievably misunderstood. Uh, it's a loophole and it's not supposed to be being, um, U.S. companies are exploiting it. Uh, for goodness sakes, you get invited to a U.S. ETF conference yep. and told, and I say, oh, I'm sorry, but we're a Canadian ETF provider. They say, oh, no, so many Canadian advisors are participating in this U.S. Yeah. ETF conference. The ones that in if Florida. You don't yeah. Go, yeah. Yeah. If you don't go and if you don't present, you're going to be left out. Okay. So, yeah. yeah and, and that's just one of them, right? So uh, lots of... Lots of interesting things ahead, but you know, yeah. I used to work at a regulator. I totally believe in the hard work that they do, but I think sometimes the way things play out over the years on the street is entirely different than unintended consequences, right? And that's what we're dealing with right now. But I, we're the growth. I'm surprised. Of US. Yeah, I'm surprised, Lisa, that the regulators or the governing bodies aren't getting behind this as well in terms of you know, being, you know, doing like, is it up to, is it entirely up to the ETF association here? Is it, it like, is it entirely up to I think we up? have a voice I'm like they're, they're aware and I am speaking with them. Uh, they are aware, uh, and it's, it's early days for people, uh, raising a voice about but it, I, but a voice, a big voice needs yeah, to be raised I think you, and we all need to get it on it. It needs to be really, you know, I think for Canadian advisors, which we've always had this bias of wanting to buy American stocks. And so why not just buy the US ETFs as well while we're at it? But but there should be a delineation. There should be a really clear cut delineation that's made, a distinction that's made very, very openly, very publicly, like a public service announcement to say, hey, you know, don't buy the US ETFs when there's a Canadian counterpart right here. When when, you know, it's actually to your benefit and to your client's best interest to be in the Canadian version of that exact same fund. Wow. We have so <laughs> many fantastic Canadian ETF manufacturers in this country with super talented portfolio yep. managers and product development teams. And now when they go to make a new ETF, they have to consider, does it already exist in the US? They really have to look at that. And while we have gained assets, we're probably a perfect example of this issue. Now, some people say, well, I'm still going to buy ARKK because I want to buy exactly, you know, and sure, there may be, uh, you know, we get the trade instructions from ARK and so it's close, but I could never say it's exactly the same thing. It's, it, it's managed by the same people. It shares the same research and on blah, blah, blah. But this, this issue uh, is just completely, it's just not understood. And by those who... It's, not, it, it's by no means, it's not nuance either, is it? I mean, it's just clear cut. It's not, it's, like, it's not just a subtlety that we're talking about here. We're talking about something that is definitely in the best interest of Canadian investors. Without, to, without it, a doubt, yeah. it impacts everything from estate planning to taxes 
Uh, and there's no reason why uh, Canadian alternatives, you know, do exist, right? But they have to compete against U.S. listed ETFs. And we need to understand that the U.S. mutual fund industry is growth is slowing down and they are rapidly converting mutual funds to ETFs. It will dwarf, it will dwarf the Canadian uh, ETF industry. So we have a tremendous opportunity. We just need to uh, fight a bit for our independence and make sure that uh, it's really a level playing field. Uh, and so it's a, a, you know, this is one of the cases where the virtualness of social media, right? Uh, you have one Twitter account, you have one LinkedIn account, yeah. you have one Facebook, right? Uh, so it's, uh, you know, very interesting. Well, you, you can't watch, you can't watch, uh, unless you've got a VPN, you can't watch US, the US Netflix. You can't watch <laughs> Hulu. You can't, you can't, uh, you, you can't get a Hulu account. They sneaked it out. You can't, you, you, you cannot get a, a Hulu account. There you go. You know, in Canada, unless you, unless you figure out how to connect to the US, you know, through, through. We will, anyway. we will continue yeah. to raise our voice about this. Interesting. Like, Your help would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. Well, I'd love to help with that. That that's a that's a huge, uh, um, that is a huge distinction to make to uh, to advocate. Yeah, it's uh, and, yeah, and it's just yeah. now getting some energy. You know, when you see major mutual fund companies, ETF companies in Canada advertising to Canadians that they should buy Canadian listed ETFs, it's like yeah, you know, uh, it, it goes to show it, it is a significant issue. This idea of though getting in front of advocating for Canadian ETF companies for Canadian investors uh, is is a uh, is a big deal. So I think yeah. it's an important deal for them too. So hopefully we'll have a lot more voices, you know, chiming chiming in on this topic. Yeah. It's important to create access to world class product all over the world, and I totally totally agree in that. Uh, I'm just asking for more awareness knowledge, education, yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's a lot, a lot of aspects to it. Uh, and, uh, the exchanges, you know, have a big, have a big role, right? I mean, look at what we did, you know, you know, here we are, you know, two and a half years later, having spent millions of dollars to launch six ETFs in Canada. Uh, you know, some companies that I've spoken to about joining, you know, our force and, and being a part say, well, I'm already, we're already selling our ETFs in Canada. So we don't really need to go over yeah. there. Uh, so it's very interesting, uh, to, you know, I have a very unusual cross border view. So I hear the conversations, I understand kind of what's happening and I see the impact of it. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able with help like yours, we'll be able to raise, uh, awareness because this is very important. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, it's, I'm just thinking it's a great topic to, uh, to really open up. So fun question. I know these are your children. I want to come back to, to the Emerge Arc ETFs. Um, yeah. which one is your favorite? Well, I would have to say it's EARK, uh, because it gives you a taste yeah. of everything, right? And, uh, it truly is the best picks of, of what ARC is thinking about in each one of the themes. Uh, so that alone, you know, really makes it, it stand out. Um, you know, it benefits from the unbelievable research and the true 
uh, focus that ARC has by saying, okay, this perfect combination of these five general purpose technology platforms will give us this set of approximately 40 stocks and they actively manage it every single day. And so I continue to be and ha and throughout anything we're doing on both sides of the border, active management. And, you know, ARC truly is, you know, following this concentrated portfolio very closely. You know, a lot of ETFs, you know, so, you know have hundreds of stocks, right? Uh, but we're talking about a fairly concentrated portfolio based on tremendous research. At the end of the day, they have asset quality. And that's really what makes it different, yeah. you know, than going to the casino, you know, to use my earlier uh, fear that people had. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as CEO, tell us about your day-to-day. Uh, your -day running of these two companies, but let's, you know, how do you do it? What do you, what, uh, you know, how are your days spent? Are you still very hands-on? I'm guessing yes. Oh. Um, and, and are you, do you find yourself uh, devoting or do you find yourself devoting more and more of your time to replicating your experience, um, with, with your, your crew? Uh, very hands-on on both sides of the border, uh, early days. The crew in the U.S. is, is bigger just because we started first. Uh, so uh, we're approximately 17 employees in the U.S. And uh, we are just about he heading into eight uh, in Canada. Uh, so, you know, one is ahead of the other. Uh, you know, I, I pray constantly for leadership and, and wisdom in order to uh, create a framework where people can thrive and figure out, you know, how to make the best decisions and lead things. Uh, and so we are at early stages, right? There are businesses, so we are five and a half years old in the U.S. and and two plus years, you know, two and a, almost two and a half years old, you know, in Canada. Uh, and those are very fragile years. Uh, so very involved. I'm involved in uh, operations. I'm involved in compliance. I'm involved in all the the key aspects. And as we, I call it kind of getting out of the woods, you know, where we really have, you know, just a, a little bit more buffer as far as, uh, you know, can we make a strategic experiment? You know, can we launch an ETF, you know, that might be a little, you know, on the, you know, that we're not a hundred percent about or something right. like that. Uh, but we're not in those years. We're in the very fragile uh, early years where every ounce of, of management time and, and capability is important. And, you know, I get great strength and support from, you know, my team, very blessed to have talented people on board. And that makes all the difference and have great partners uh, that are very helpful as well uh, and some wonderful mentors. Uh, and so that really helps it all keep going. But it's very much of a division of duties and, uh, you know, a lot, it's just a lot of shoulder to the wheel, uh, task management and, you know, some it's, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a push, right? Yeah. But, but you have to do that because, you know, if you want to take something public, if you want to build something sustainable, right, it's not about a flip, it's about the long-term build, then you build it differently. You build it to be everlasting, what you hope, right? And so you really have to try to have make the best decisions because those foundational decisions can save you an extraordinary amount of money 
if you call it right and do it right in the early days. So it's a, you know, it's a wonderful challenge. Certainly makes me wake yeah. up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, no kidding. <laughs> no shortage of motivations. No, none at all. And many blessings. You know, yep. we're, we're just extraordinarily yep. blessed and have great managers in the Empower program as well. And we're very excited to, you know, be doing exciting things in the U.S., but we're we're bringing that to Canada next year. We're really excited about that too. I bet. Um, so, on, on uh, just to change gears again, um, how was it as a woman coming into what was, for the most part, an old boys' club in the eighties and nineties? Ooh, that's a great question. You know, we're, I'm part of a generation of women that, you know, on both sides of the border that we really were soldiers. Uh, we just took it on the chin, right? And so every type of, you know, now, um, certainly, you know, I, I can't even, you know, I would say probably notably at least a handful of, of true sexual harassment, you know, issues, right? Uh, but you just figured out how to say something. Uh, to that person to deal with it very directly. And you just, you know, something like, you know, I won't even give examples, but you resolve it. Yeah. Okay. And you soldier, <laughs> yes. you soldier forward, you know, yeah. because you're not going to not compete. And if you want to compete, you have to figure out how to prevail. Uh, I give great recognition to uh, women, you know, in more earlier years and, and now. Uh, for having the courage to just totally say, stop the presses, this is wrong, uh, and uh, recognizing that change is needed. And change is still very much needed, okay? I mean, I'm the only woman, you know, fun company owner uh, that just says a lot of it right there. Uh, but it does. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, I'm a totally of the generation of you just soldier through, right? Uh, and... I think that um, in some ways, I'm so glad uh, that the culture now is has more of an ear to listening to what created the need for us to soldier through. You know, I don't want younger women. I wouldn't want my, you know, daughters. I wouldn't want other other women to experience some of the things that I was forced to experience and just had to take it in the teeth, you know, in order to yeah. just go sit at the next meeting, right? Uh, and so I think that we have a much more, uh, I just, I love where we are right now, that if someone, you know, has a, a need for help, I believe that there are audiences that will hear that cry for help. At least I certainly hope so. And, you know, that's part of what we're trying to do with the Empower program is really give a voice, you know, to a group of women portfolio managers who are in all their brilliance. Uh, just have not yet been totally appreciated. And so they haven't gotten all their fair time in the sun. And so we're trying uh, to do that. And I hope that we are going to get uh, some major pension plans behind us. We certainly have asked for that kind of help. But it was, you know, I, you know I've had uh, three children, three working mat leaves, you know, uh, and, um, you know, I'm, I've been very blessed to have a very good career. But I can tell you that uh, it's been certainly harder, you know, certainly harder uh, uh, because uh, the types of, of things that come at you 
and I'm not going to, you know, go down, go down a, a yeah. negative road. But the po- the positive is, is that if it hadn't been for that journey, Pierre, I wouldn't be here today because I came to to do this, to set all this stage right, right? Like, that's what this is about. You know, I, you know, endured all of that and was very gracious, you know, in the insults and slights and discrimination of every type you can possibly imagine to come back and say, okay, there's a better way to do this. And so that's why I certainly hope we can create a lasting impact. We can have a firm that recognizes people equally, you know, green, purple, blue, whatever, and also help the industry appreciate, you know, that women have a lot to offer uh, in all ways. Uh, And it's certainly, goodness gracious, way overdue, right? Wonderful. I'm... (laughs) You know, I, I I imagine that, you know, this conversation was going to be so much more than meets the eye. So, um, you know, it's been uh it's been it's been a terrific conversation. I've really enjoyed uh what we've talked about today. I think we've you know, we've definitely a lot of food for thought and um uh definitely I think there'll be a lot of inspiration as well from from our conversation. Um I have one final question. Um, yes. It's a would you rather question. Okay. <laughs> would you rather be the best player on a horrible team or the worst player on a great team? Um, well, I don't know about that. I'd probably just start a whole new <laughs> team. You know, I mean, that's the way I... I do things, you know, I would always rather just start anew. I wouldn't want to be a part of a team that I didn't admire. And uh, if I was failing on the team I was on, you know, that really, you know, it hasn't happened to me. Uh, But if I was failing on the team that I was on, then I would probably figure that I didn't belong there. Uh, But I would probably start a new team or maybe start a new game, you know. Uh, change the rules of the game, right? Or do something of that nature. Because uh, I always believe you've, you you have to set yourself up to win uh, because that's how others are going to, you know, people follow you and people, you know, listen to your vision if they believe that you're going to win the game and that you know how to win the game, right? And so uh, I I would uh, I'd probably <laughs> start a new team. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, Lisa, th- thank you so much for, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I've, again, I've really enjoyed our conversation. It's, uh, I think, I think there's so much here, uh, for our audience and I think they're going to enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for recognizing what we're trying to do. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm.